Welcome to Offscript. Tune in every week to hear the stories of and insights from NPs. We're your hosts, Maxine and Danielle, two technologists who are passionate about the future of patient care. Our guest today is Josie Tate. Josie is a nurse practitioner with a clinical focus on geriatric health and also the founder of Clinceps, where she helps NPs optimize their careers. Aside from her clinical work, Josie is an expert in the NP job search, resume creation, interview preparation, contract negotiation. In today's conversation, we discuss her experience of starting a business, her work in skilled nursing facilities, and her advice for NPs from both a clinical and career strategy perspective. Josie, to start, could you please give us your own one-sentence intro? Yeah, sure thing. My name is Josie Tate, and I am a family nurse practitioner as well as a career coach. And in short, I help nurse practitioners get happily hired. We love that tagline. We'd love to start by hearing a bit more about your path to becoming a nurse practitioner and your career trajectory since moving from nurse to NP. So first of all, what motivated you to advance your career and become a nurse practitioner? And did you have a specific moment or realization that prompted that decision? Yeah. So I wouldn't say I had like a aha moment where I realized like I was doing one thing and it came to me. I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. It was for me more of a timeline. Being an NP was always my like end goal. I wanted to do it in a five-year timeline, but I did it in more of a 10 after 10 years of being a nurse. But I don't think I'm at fault or that was like the wrong path. I just feel like that was my time. I had a great job going from nurse to NP. It was just my time to move forward. That makes a lot of sense in terms of just letting the timeline guide you and being okay with it being 10 years and not five like you initially planned for. Why was it always your motivation? How did you know that you wanted to eventually make the jump from nurse to NP? I think going in as a registered nurse in 2007 when I graduated, being a nurse practitioner wasn't something that was very common like it is now. A lot of nurses will have that experience time where they practice being a nurse for two, three, four, five years or whatever. But for me, I just knew that I wanted to be a nurse practitioner really as the end goal. Did you have any mentors or role models who guided you in your journey? How did their influence shape your career choices, if so? I would say actually the lack of mentorship is what helps me do what I'm doing now for other nurse practitioners. Because in my role as a nurse, you have all this support. You finish your your bachelor's. Hospitals will support you. But I feel when you're a nurse practitioner, you kind of fend for yourself. And there's really not a lot of resources out there. So I would say like the lack of mentorship is what helped me kind of where I am today to help other people have that support that they need from transitioning to RN to NP. It's wonderful that you took something that was lacking for you and decided to build something where you could provide that to others. It's a really nice origin story. Is there a memorable or challenging moment from your career that really significantly impacted your growth as an NP? Yes. My very first day as an NP, I worked at a skilled nursing. It's like half skilled, half assisted. We had to cover both. But the very first day, I also started with a colleague who was a physician assistant. And it was our first job, first day. And the medical director and CEO of where we were working just told us, okay, here's your first day. Just go out and see the patients. And we were like, 
and like, is there anything else that you're going to tell us? And he was like, no, I'll check back on you um, in about six hours. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was it. That's all we had. We we're supposed to see the max of 18 patients split the building. And of course, my colleagues saw like everybody, all 18 people. And I saw, I think, 13. And I had a couple people missing, but I was like, I tried. I like did my very best. But from there, nurse, nurses and nurse practitioners do this. We just figure it out as we go. But there was no hand-holding, like, let me walk you through here. Here's all the people you're going to meet. This is what you need to do. It was here. You you go. You do. And I'll see you in six hours. And when we asked him, like, what what was that? He was like, my attending on my first day as a resident did that to me. And he was like, I was fine. I believe in you guys. I wouldn't have hired you if I didn't. And then after that, I just thought, you know, if this guy believes in me, I need to have that much belief in myself that I can do this. He believed in me. Why couldn't I? And from there, I was like, oh, okay, like I got this. And he he helped us clinically because he wanted us to be successful and he would pour into us. But that very first day was like, an eye-opening experience, clearly because I remembered it all these years. That is such a singular experience of just getting dropped into the deep end on your first day. And it sounds like there was a lot of benefit to it because it grew your confidence in yourself and just showed your abilities. Were there any things that you think are still valuable in terms of onboarding for clinicians? Or do you think that there's actually some merit in that kind of trial by fire? I would not say everyone is accustomed to that. I think based on your life experiences, personality, how you are internally affects how you're going to adapt, especially in onboarding. But traditionally, a lot of nurse practitioners are not getting lengthy onboarding just because we we know where we should know that that onboarding time is taking away from the money that or the revenue that you're generating as a provider. So orientation and onboarding is very short these days. That makes sense. A lot of learning just by doing and there's value in that but also sometimes can can be a bit of a challenge we know that a big part of your career has been pretty entrepreneurially focused and in some ways helping nps have a softer landing even if not on the clinical side on on the career side certainly would love to hear a bit more about what inspired or motivated you to launch green sets i'd say it's the lack we talked about earlier that lack of resources but I'm from that mentality and mindset. I don't want everyone else to struggle as much as I did. We're trying to grow this profession and make it the best that it can be. If every nurse practitioner had the same mindset of let me help in whatever capacity I'm able to, let me use my strengths to forward and push nurse practitioners or the profession forward, we would be in such an amazing place if we all had that mentality. My motivation for starting ClinCeps is, like you said, give other nurse practitioners that softer landing, but really just to pave the way to speak up for the value that they deliver and honestly to know in themselves and to know and be empowered in what to ask for. Absolutely. Thinking about moving the profession forward feels so powerful. And then what are your unique skills that you can apply to that? How did you go about making ClinCeps a reality? And what was easier or more difficult than expected in the process? Things I did to get ClinCeps started was I reached out to other new grad nurse practitioners, NP students, and really just asked them, like talk to them, gain some insight, do kind of that market research and see like, hey, did you get help in your grad school? Did you guys talk about this? And the majority, I mean, it was like nine out of 10 people that did not. They did not have any training. They did not have any guidance. And that really affects your mindset. And you feel like 
you don't know what you're doing afterwards or like what's the next step. So really just reaching out to people. Things that were hard, I would say is the consistency and just doing it every day, making content every day or being able to just reach out to people on a daily basis, either on social or through email so people are aware. And then I'd say something that was easier than I thought was the legal stuff, making the LLC or meeting with an accountant or an attorney. Like that stuff was easier than I thought. And a lot of times nurse practitioners who want to start a business feel like that's a big barrier. That really isn't. A lot of the barriers, it's you and it's your mind. It's like you fighting against you. It's your mindset. That's what's holding you back from moving forward, I think. Or it was for me anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially in the context of Clinceps too. It's like, okay, if you start an LLC, you can go right ahead. Some NPs who are doing clinical stuff, I think there's some legal concerns, but to your point, there are experts so that you can make it work. So that makes a lot of sense. That's great. What about the emotions of starting a business? You started getting into that. How did it feel when you started and how does it feel today? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say it's like a roller coaster of emotions. You're like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, you know, I'm ready. I want to do this. And then you're kind of scared also because you're like, what if this doesn't work out? I just don't know. I'm not sure. But the exciting part is manifestation at its best. You did the work. Your vision is coming into a reality. It's playing out because you're doing the work, but you really believed in yourself. There's lots of ups. There's lots of downs. Overall, I mean, it's an exciting and scary journey all at the same time. That resonates deeply for me and I think probably for us as well. It's a lot of ups and downs and the ups really fuel you through the downs, but it's certainly a roller coaster. We know that you have a bunch of interesting elements in terms of how you approach business. And one piece that we saw is as soon as someone follows you, you reach out to them and introduce yourself and, and give some background. Would love to hear more broadly, what sets your approach to business apart from others and what are the unique elements that you weave in? So I'd say what sets me apart from others, like other nurse practitioners who do the same thing I do because I'm not the only one, I really take the time to understand and learn the nurse practitioner that I'm working with to learn their story and then just to really uncover their strengths, their skills, and then from there, help them to see that, help them to articulate their skill set, their experience, their own story, and then leverage all that when they are talking to a potential employer and really being able to ask for what they want or negotiate for what would be the best for them as well as the employer. That makes sense. It sounds like personalization and really tailoring it to the NP is a key part of your approach. How do you go about actually uncovering what their true goals are and what their true strengths are? What does that conversation look like or what does that format of conversation look like? Yeah, so the format is more of a one-on-one -on -one coaching and really having them do the thought work. You know, one of the first things that I start with is building that mindset, having them understand what it is that they've done in the past that was really easy for them, but it seemed easy. Whereas, you know, a colleague may have struggled or that just was not their jam. That was not something that they were good at. So often as women, as nurse practitioners, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We just think, okay, that's my job. That's what I do. On to the next thing. And we just check, check boxes, cross things off the list. But when you really stop and think over the past, whatever, one year, five years, 10 years of your career, what have you done? 
what impact have you made to the organization? When you start to think of it piece by piece, you really can uncover, I really am a baddie. Like, okay, I really do know what I'm doing. And that imposter syndrome really just shrinks. You can speak up for what you know you're worth, the value that you deliver, but really understanding from the beginning how you are making a difference, how you've made an impact in the past. That's excellent insight in terms of starting with what just felt easy for you. And maybe you're like, oh, that's actually not that big of a deal. It was super easy, but perhaps that actually is part of your superpower. And then from there, really letting yourself accept and acknowledge the fact that you have so much value to add and allowing yourself to to take ownership and have pride in that as well. Moving forward, what are your key goals for Clincepts? How do you see the business continuing to evolve and grow? I would say that I want to carry forth the mission, which my mission is to empower and equip nurse practitioners to thrive early in their career, keyword early. As new grads or as nurse practitioners, we always feel like we got to put the time in, got to do the work, you got to pay your dues. And then after five, six, seven, 10 years, then I'll start to thrive. You can't thrive as a nurse new grad. That's false. You really can with the right people, the right resources. I call it your thrive tribe that are lifting you up and empowering you. You can start thriving and then you could do, you know, what you guys are doing, helping helping us build, you know, our own practice or doing whatever it is that you're passionate about because we're humans. We're not just nurses. We are multi-passionate people. I love that. The whole thing of being able to thrive early on and believing in your skills is so important, especially because you're going to school for all of these years. You've learned these skills and then you get to your first job and you can apply those. You can be excellent and enjoy your work and feel like you're really doing great work from day one. So I really love that. We want to talk a little bit more about your experience in skilled nursing facilities because that's where you focused clinically. And to, to frame it up, I think it would be really helpful if you could give us an overview of the options in geriatric care and maybe the differences in, in the opportunities. I currently work in skilled nursing, but I also have experience in assisted living. That's another setting. And then um, you have the long-term care. With the skilled nursing, this is kind of your like step down from acute inpatient, like in hospitals. With that, they're still high acuity. They're very sick. But in a skilled nursing facility, you cut out a lot of the expenses that you would have in a hospital. Part of my spiel that I tell our newly admitted patients is that we have everything that a hospital has. We can get you everything. Everything is just outsourced. So, you know, pharmacy, lab, any appointments, they either come to you or you go out to them. We don't have it directly in-house. And so you still have a team similar to that of a hospital, but kind of on a different level, collaboratively caring for the patient. And really the goal is to get them back to their community and optimal health and keep them out of the hospital. And then in your assisted living facilities, these are like the retirement communities where the patient is a lot more uh, independent. They're not as independent. They don't live by themselves. They, they need a little bit more assistance. With this, like our role as a nurse practitioner, we, we want to make sure that they're compliant with their health care, that they're able to still get the care that they need. Some will choose to still go to their own provider or they'll stay with us or they want to sign on with us, the nurse practitioner or APP within, within that facility. And then in the long-term care setting, this is your traditional nursing home setting where you are managing all the illnesses, chronic illnesses and conditions for the patient, and you're seeing these patients on a monthly basis, um, either you or a physician, depending on what state you live in. But the goal is chronic care management in long-term care. 
Not that that makes a lot of sense in terms of the differences, especially from the patient perspective. As you talk to MPs that are interested in geriatric care, how do you advise them to think through those different opportunities and what might be the right fit for them? So as far as right fit, you really just want to consider the setting and the the patient population. You can work with geriatrics in primary care. If you like more of a very structured environment, primary care may be it for you. Skilled nursing assisted living long-term care is less rigid. It has a lot more flexibility. The teams are different. The model is different. So just really understanding primary care versus SNFs or ALFs or long-term care, you want to make sure that you understand the different settings, even though you might be working with the same types of patients. That makes a lot of sense. How did you make the decision for yourself to move into skilled nursing facilities and the subset that, that you focus on? Yeah, I would say it wasn't like I didn't always dream of like working in a nursing home, but I would say that I always wanted to work with the geriatric population. And for my life as an NP, as a mom, as an entrepreneur, I needed something that was more flexible. And I love the flexibility of skilled nursing facility. I also like the acuity. These patients are very sick. So you're still using a a lot of clinical expertise to medically manage their cases. So for me, that just kind of checked all the boxes and skilled nursing is just my jam. Like I just love the patient population, the setting, the flexibility. I would say those are like the pros for me and it just keeps me clinically intact and astute. That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like there is a great balance of clinical competency, flexibility, and also treating patients that you're really excited to treat. Overall, what would you say sets your approach to patient care apart from others? And what do you think patients would say is your secret sauce as a clinician? I'd say the empathy, really listening to the patients. Again, a lot of these patients are geriatric, so they're 65 and older. They're the age of like what your parents or grandparents would be. And I did not grow up with my grandparents very close to me. So I I really treat the patients that I see. I know that they're somebody's family member, they're somebody's mom, they're somebody's dad, but really taking care of them and listening to them or their family members in what their priorities are for the day that I see them. And then just making sure that they understand like overall plan of what we're doing. But really that empathetic approach, I think goes a, goes a long way in establishing that that care for them. That's beautiful in terms of being really empathetic and remembering that they're someone's family member. They're not just a patient and they have their own goals and and priorities as well. Given your wealth of knowledge across both clinical and career strategy, we'd love to hear your advice for other NPs across a few different domains. What three pieces of career strategy advice do you think all NPs should hear? I'd say one of the first things is as a nurse practitioner, your role is different than you being a nurse. They're both great roles, but as a nurse practitioner, you want to make sure that you establish that that mindset early, that your role is a clinician or a healthcare provider. And then the second thing I would say is to establish those boundaries within your career pretty early or, you know, make sure you're reassessing and reevaluating those boundaries and reinforcing them throughout your career. It will save your life and your sanity. And then the third thing I would say is similar to the empathy, but it's it's more of a tactical empathy and really thinking like the executive leadership that you will be working with and for. If you think that way, 
you'll be ahead of the game because as a nurse practitioner, you affect both strategy and the delivery side. But if you can learn that from the beginning, that'll really set you up for success. That's a great framework from a professional perspective because it really asks you to think about the organization that you fit into more broadly and reason on that level. So I really love that advice. Do you have any tips for determining your scope of care and when to ask for help, especially when you move from an RN to an NP role? Yeah. So really building on the resources, have your resources handy and readily available. So whether it's something online like UpToDate or Hippocrates, really just growing your knowledge. If there's a diagnosis that you don't know too much about, learn about that. Learn about the most common diagnoses that you will be seeing, whether it's your clinical rotation or whether it's the job that you're in. And then we're human. We don't know everything. We're learning as we go. So if you don't know something, reach out to somebody. Don't be afraid to admit it. If I don't know something, I'll go ask a colleague or you know, I'll reach out to, to the physician or medical director because you're doing this for the benefit of the patient. So you have their best interest at heart. You want to do what's best for them. But learn. Things won't be handed to you like on a silver platter as far as like knowledge. So learn. We are always learning and evolving. Um, but if you don't know something, reach out. Totally. And being in school, then you're also learning how to learn. So as new information come to you, then it just becomes easier and easier to integrate that in your practice. What are some future trends you foresee for the profession? And how do you think NPs can prepare themselves as the industry continues to change? So future trends, I do not have a crystal ball or it's like a cloudy crystal ball. But what I'm seeing a lot more in nursing and for nurse practitioners is this flex scheduling where that 40-hour work week or 50 and 60 hours, we are no longer about that life. You know, we are doing part-time, we're combining two jobs, PRN, per diem, you'll hear, you know, like the part-time princess schedule or per diem princess schedule. I think we're moving towards that and employers are seeing that. A lot of them have ranges for full-time. It's not just strictly 40 hours. It might be like 32 to 40 or minimum of, you know, 28 or whatever it is. But I think that's that's one of the things that we're seeing as far as a, a trend. A global pandemic will affect your perspective on life. If you know, you're know you caring for patients in their final days, you sign a couple death certificates, you pronounce some deaths, you're going to see life in a whole new way. Time is very short. Life is short. So nurse practitioners are out there still committed to excellence in the care, but they're also putting their dreams and what they want to do top of the list as well. So it's no longer like either or, it's both and and how are we going to do it? And I think that flex scheduling is going to be one of the key factors. It sounds like NPs are really reclaiming their lives and still very committed to delivering amazing care, but also taking care of themselves in the process. We've heard a lot from NPs that flexibility is super important as mm -hmm. they think about career steps. But it's really interesting to hear, A, how the pandemic influenced that, and also B, the fact that the market really is reacting to that and employers are modifying their expectations accordingly, which sounds like hopefully a, a good change and a happy future ahead. We like to close by asking all of our guests the same two questions, one about the healthcare system and one is just a, a piece of personal advice. What changes would you like to see in the American healthcare system overall to improve patient care? I, I think it's kind of a loaded question because I think the American healthcare system as a whole is 
very broken, but I would love to see more functional medicine, that approach being integrated into Western medicine or conventional medicine, and that being really covered by insurances or being recognized. I think functional medicine and treating the patient as a whole would really affect the patient's health care and would really improve their health. It's something we've been seeing more regularly of people talking about how they're combining certain more traditional kind of clinical approaches with more functional approaches. And when you think about how wellness is becoming also more mm-hmm. well, well known and well understood, that combining those methods makes more and more sense for long-term health. What's some advice you want everyone to hear or to walk away with from this episode? It can be clinical or general. I give, I guess, a little more general advice. Have those seemingly hard conversations, whether it's with people you work with or the people you love. Because that conversation is only hard until you actually have it. Whether it's negotiating or whether it's better boundaries, just speak up, speak out, and you'll end up better for it. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was full of wisdom and frameworks and then also really great tactical pieces. We're really grateful for your time. This was very exciting. Thank you so much for having me on. 